I remember someone did profiteroles and didn't bother putting cream in. <laughs> well, we could tell when we did the Great British Bake Off, you were just, or the Great Graph Bake Off, should I say, you were very particular. And welcome to episode 4 of the Graph UK podcast. This one, we've got a special guest in this episode. You won't be hearing just mine and Matt's voice for one time only. But anyway, before we get into today's podcast, if you're an avid reader of our newsletter, Water Matters, you will know that we have a feature called Lesson of the Month. So this is we're turning into an episode of the podcast as well, as we have a very special Lesson of the Month. So with me today is David Stagg, our technical product specialist. Say hello, David. Hello. And you've had quite an interesting week. Uh, yes, uh, we have. I've spent the last couple of days with one of our engineers, Jamie, up in uh, Merrykirk, um, Aberdeen in Scotland, um, looking at one of our newly supplied commercial wastewater treatment plants for a social housing development. We've basically gone up there to firstly review the site and to, of course, um, troubleshoot this um, problem, which has come to come to light when uh, the site reported it to us um, a couple of weeks ago. The problem we went to address was in relation to the internal pipework, the airlift pipework um, we have in our tanks, which we use um, to lift the waste from each tank to another. Now, the way that um, our systems will um, generally work is that we run our control panel to lift the waste between chambers as well as aerate the incoming waste. We found um, in the primary chamber that the airlift pipework had become distorted and damaged. When we first received the information from the customer, we were quite curious to how this had happened. We did an inv- initial investigation last week uh, where Jamie went to the site um, and then we then returned this week after we'd come to a conclusion to what had happened. We believed it happened because the installer, the ground workers, had installed the tank as per our installation instructions of pre-filling the tank with water, but the internal pipework, of course, wasn't filled with water. This basically created quite a, a lot of buoyancy from that pipework, and due to the pressure of the water lifting the pipework up, it could become distorted and damaged on the joints. So what we've learned from this, of course, is that we need to advise our customers not only on filling the tanks, but the internal pipework as well to avoid this from happening going forward. So it's a good lesson for us in terms of not only information we need to present to our customers, but of course advice we can give them prior to installation as well, certainly. Yeah, trip to Scotland, it was a good um, trip, quite a long trip from us here in Banbury, but very worthwhile, great learning experience, and um, yeah, we've come away um, from it uh, with hopefully um, some good experience and yeah, some good knowledge to go forward with. So how long did it take you to get up to Aberdeen in the first place? Well, we, we were quite lucky. We um, On the way up, we tied in um, two other jobs, which were over, uh, one in Wales, and then we went across to Leeds. So kind of went uh, west, then go east, then go north. So the first day um, took us, well, we left at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we managed to get to our destination, which was five miles from the site, about half past eight. Um, we were then on site from 8 o'clock the next day, uh, where we were there for about five hours um, before the return trip back, which was a 
about eight hours long. So quite a, a, a long day. Um, but yes, as I say, very worthwhile and won't, won't come to the end of it. So how long is Aberdeen, how far is Aberdeen from Banbury? Because I know Glasgow is about six hours because I've done the trip myself, but what, how long, how far is Aberdeen? It's not quite as far up as Aberdeen. It's probably about, um, I think 30 miles away, 30 miles away from actual Aberdeen itself. Um, so not quite as far north as Aberdeen. So it was only to Marrakech. But yes, it was a long drive. We did break up a few, uh, with a couple of stops, but, uh, but yeah, a long trip back. What did you get at the service station? Because, as I've said before, <laughs> you're not a proper Englishman if you don't have a favourite service station. Oh, goodness me. I couldn't remember the name of the service stations if you ask me. But we stopped at two on the way back down. Yeah, about two and a half hours in. And then, um, yeah, just before we got um, past past Manchester as well, we stopped at, um, once again. Um, so, yeah, got coffee the first time. And the second time was just stretch our legs. So, all very... Very much needed after being sat in a van for about three hours. So the job in Aberdeen, it's a hundred. Was it a hundred pot? Yes, it's a it's a hundred pot plant to support some social housing developments. It's quite um, a specialist system. It's one of the um, the the bigger ones we've done up in Scotland. The system's quite unique in that we've got some new technology supplied with it. Um, it has a, a disinfection package via chlorine dosing. So. If when the system's basically up and running and it's all been commissioned, it should give the customer a very, very good quality of affluence. Um, along with that, plus the package, the system also incorporates um, a pumped outlet as well. So with the stringencies and the um, the requirements which SEPA puts in place, of course, we have obviously gone for this package to um, favour the good quality of affluence because the end discharge is going to water course and um, which of course has been approved and signed off so very good quality system and yeah when it's up and running we should of course hope to look to maintain it get a service system package there so we can report and review what the quality of is we actually achieve and then of course that can be reported back to secret to confirm what we've agreed up front and of course that's the information can all be fed back to us at headquarters um, and to our colleagues in general to for, as it says new technology um, not only for us here in the UK is for them as well so as much information we can get out of this big commercial development as we can, we're very favourable um, going forward on our treatment plants. Should be good. Cool. So when you first got there, you thought it was literally the charging airlift pipe work was the thing that you had to work on, but you said it ended up being about five hours worth of work for you and Jamie. Why was that? Um, yeah, so when we um, turned up on the site, um, we originally went there to repair the damage I said to this internal airlift pipe work, which um, involved basically lifting the internal pipework out of the tank, which was easier said than done because the pipework's weighted down with some concrete weights. Um, so between the two of us, we managed to lift out the tank. Um, of course, all the internal pipeworks were then um, repaired and uh, changed for new ones. It was then dropped back into the tank and set at the correct levels to make sure the charging airlift um, worked correctly. As well as that, um, we noticed that um, the sites hadn't put the sludge return in to bring the waste back to the primary chamber. So we had to dig down kind of re-excavate the tanks and put that internal pipe work back in. We also, when we were there, set up um, the coronation dosing. So the way that system works is um, via some electronic diodes in a separate reaction tank after the treatment plant. So basically we had to feed um, cables and a dosing hose through from that chamber back up to the external cabinets. We then had to program the control cabinets to dose uh, the correct amount of solution at the correct time, along with fitting, of course, 
the pumped outlet. So again, that was within the same chamber and an overflow guard. The reason for the overflow guard is, of course, a backup um, to um, the external control cabinet of if and when the submersible pump fails. So all in all, it was quite a lot of, of uh, pushing of cables through pipe work um, to at this early stage. I mean, the tanks themselves well, are relatively deep in the ground, but we have still got to put potentially another metre worth of cover on top of the tanks. So it was kind of an ideal time for us to go to the site and do this um, quite um, up close um, repair work to the tanks before they then, of course, um, puts the spoil back further on tanks, which would have made it virtually impossible um, to do the works that we have done. So we're very lucky to go and address the problems um, that they've been experiencing at this stage with the tanks being potentially another further meter in the ground access to those internal pipeworks would have made it a very tricky job so very pleased that we went when we did to get it sorted out so how did how did you identify the problem in the first place did you speak to jeremy and they had a similar issue in another country or was it a case of jamie going down and seeing what the issue was um we initially um received a report from the customer saying that um the um internal pipework in the primary chamber was kinked. From the photos they sent us, we couldn't really see um, exactly what they were referring to. It was lucky um, that Jamie was actually in, up in Scotland that week, um, so it wasn't too far away. I think about an hour away, so we went to investigate and do a full investigation. So he was able to take some more um, in-depth um, photos from the side of the pipework, and you could really see that the 90-degree bends that were within the tank had pretty much become much more sphere, say 120, 130. And of course, that was choking the pipework. Um, so when he got back into um, Banbury, we reviewed how we could go about um, replacing that pipework. Um, and we came to the conclusion that myself um, and he would return to the site um, yeah, this week um, to get it all, all sorted um, before they got any further on in terms of their developments. So good that it was addressed and seen at the stage that it was. So we were able to put in these... Um, or rectify the problems that they had seen um, prior to it getting out of hand. Cool. And how was your stay in Aberdeen? Was it a good hotel, good meals? It, uh, the the meals and the hospitality we got from where we stayed was absolutely incredible. I mean, we've just come out of the um, this furlough thing, so things are pretty quiet still. <laughs> but where we stayed, very pleasant, up in the mountains of Aberdeen, literally just green, Empty roads everywhere. Absolutely wonderful place. What did you have to eat as your meals? I had steak and alpine. Nice. <laughs> this, right, when I went up to Thursk, um, me and, it was when Louisa was here, we went up to Thursk and I was recording an installation of another commercial treatment plant. And we stayed in this pub. I can't remember what it was called, but they did a steak and alpine. But the steak, it was like, uh, slow cooked beef mm-hmm. is the best pie I've ever had in my life. But the issue is, it's like a three and a four, three or four hour journey. So there's no way I'm going up to this pub in first to try and locate this wonderful pie. Yeah, I mean, I shouldn't really uh, go into this because it's uh, up for debate. But uh, when you say um, pie these days, you very rarely get pie. You generally get, as you say. Some stew and steak and some nice gravy, which has been in the oven. It's absolutely delicious, tender um, beef. And then, of course, they give you a 
section of puff pastry, which is just like a lid. So it's not theoretically a pie. It's just uh, so, meat. <laughs> so puff pastry. You're considering... Have you ever been to the pub pie in Denton? Yes, I have, yeah. That's what you're considering because yes, they do the exact same thing. They just put a layer of pastry on top rather than encase the whole thing. Yes. But still very good pies. Yes. I like my pastry and my beef, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we could tell when we did the Great British Bake Off, you were just, or the Great Graft Bake Off, should I say, you were very particular, and you very, you critiqued every single cake that was entered each week. Yes. We should, oh, when we do it next time, we should definitely do a savoury, like, pie week. Well, we got close last year with the, the custard tart, that's probably the closest we got. So, oh, in terms of pastry? Yeah. Oh, no, we did have a sausage roll week. And I suppose we had shoe pastry week as well, so... Which, of course, is Profiteroles, so. Yeah. But who, I remember someone did Profiteroles and didn't bother putting cream in. No, it's not going into that. Was it that you? Me. No, it wasn't oh. me. I was away that week. I didn't get to do it, unfortunately. <laughs> I remember someone did that and I was like, all right, you're voted off the island. That was well, disgraceful. I think, I think she did actually plan to do cream, but when she actually got around to actually filling it with the cream, found that the cream was off, so. I thought it was split. Was that, or was that a thing? Oh, that was, that was, that was someone else. It was, it was a good fun. Good yeah. fun week. It's it good was though. good. They were so dry. Uh, whoever, if this is you, I apologise for slating your proper roles. <laughs> cool. So, all in all, a very good and productive week. Yeah, really, really good. Obviously, got some information to not only come back to ourselves here in the office with good learning experience for us. And, of course, we've got uh, lots of photos of the site, so we put together a case study on it. And, uh, yeah, we can feed some information back to the guys over at Claro. Um, who have designed the chlorination package. So they have got more photos and information about how the system works, how they can be set up. Um, so going forward, we can supply a much better end uh, solution and package to our customers. So now after a long week, what are you most excited to do on a Friday? What's the one thing you wanted to do first when you got back to Banbury? Have a shower. <laughs> shower and sleep <laughs> was that much, it that was pretty much it Been after, away. after being on site for five hours in, believe it or not a sunny Scotland um, <laughs> the first thing I wanted to do oh yeah apart from yeah being around a poopy tank for five hours was get in a shower and have um, and get into bed and get into bed yeah and golf this weekend I'm guessing that's the one for you yeah golf is golf tomorrow golf Sunday um, I'm lucky enough to be on holiday for Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday Wednesday next week where I'll also be playing golf <laughs> um, at Prince's um, for the Monday, Tuesday which is down in Sandwich which is Kent Direction and then I'm playing at Frilford Heath on, in Birmingham-ish um, on Wednesday and then back to work on the Thursday so what you're saying is you'll be in a terrible mood if you're in bad form over. Uh, yes, I'll be I'll be more cross by the time I get back <laughs> when I leave, most likely. Fair enough, Dave. Fair enough. Anyway, after a long week, I bet the last thing you wanted was to record this, but it seems like you thoroughly enjoyed it. It's always good fun in the land of Graph UK. It is. So, so this you, has been our lesson of the month. The key points to take away from this lesson is that. A pie is not really a pie unless it's fully <laughs> enclosed in pastry. Very true. <laughs> very, very true. Thank you, David, for sharing this insight. Make sure you have a wonderful weekend and get some proper rest. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast to make sure you never miss the next episode. This is an urgent appeal from the UK charity WaterAid. Every day, Jean walks miles to fetch this water. Water so dirty it could kill him. 
but he has no choice. Every day, Concilia gives her baby water that's teeming with parasites and bacteria. She knows it could kill him, but she has no choice. Today, 4,000 children will die from poor sanitation and dirty water. They drink it because they have no choice. But you do. Today, you can choose to bring clean, life-saving water to children like Jean by calling WaterAid on 0800 077 6900 and giving just £2 a month. Your £2 a month will help communities build wells and install pumps and taps. Your £2 a month will help bring children clean water for life. We've already brought clean water to over 15 million people, but it's simply not enough. So please, call 0800 077 6900 or text WATER to 70800. Please, for Jean's sake, call now. Because until we reach him, he'll have no choice but to keep drinking dirty water until the day he dies. Thank you.